Act Two of The Law Against Lovers by William Davenant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two, Scene One. Enter Angelo Benedict. But for ill doing, sir, must Claudio die? The law appoints that he who gets a child unlawfully must die. But must a man be requited with death for giving life to another? We must not make a scarecrow of the law, setting it up to fright our birds of prey, and let it keep one shape till custom makes it not their terror but their perch. Call, sir, your own affections to a compt. Had time concurred with place or place with wishing, and had the resolution of your blood found means to attain the effect of your own purpose, perhaps in some hot season of your life even you, sir, would have erred in that for which you censure him. "'Tis one thing to be tempted, Benedick, another thing to fall. I not deny the jury passing on a prisoner's life may, in the sworn twelve, have a thief or two guiltier than him they try. What knows the law whether thieves pass on thieves? You cannot lessen his offence because I have offended too. But tell me at that time, when I, who censure him, do so offend, and my own judgment then shall be a pattern for my death. Brother, he must die. Sir, when I heard you had the place of justice, I did not think your gravity did mean to swagger with her broad sword. Can Dame Justice become so soon so notable a cutter? You have leave to be pleasant. But I pray, listen to Aeschylus, he'll give you counsel. Exit and enter Aeschylus. Good Aeschylus, I should have found you out. Is there no means to save poor Claudio's life? Your brother has given order to the provost to see his execution punctually performed by nine tomorrow morning. A short warning for a terrible long journey. A confessor will be sent to prepare him. I'm told, Signor Aeschylus, you have counsel for me. My lord, I'll not presume to call it mine. Tis from your brother, who does well advise that you would please to think of marriage. You know the Lady Beatrice was his ward, and now her wardship is expired. Mary? What, to begin boys for the headsman? Good, my lord, leaving your severity, you needs must think her beauty worth your praise. She's too low for a high praise, and too little for a great praise. But thus far I'll commend her. Were she other than she is, she were then unhandsome. And being no other but as she is, I do not like her. My proposal deserves a steady answer. My brother, sir, and I walk several ways. He takes care to destroy unlawful lovers, and I'll endeavor to prevent the increase of lawful cuckolds. None of the beauteous sex can have more virtue than fair Beatrice. Sir, I sincerely allow your opinion. She is yet very exceedingly virtuous, and has a laziness towards love. But, sir, she has too much wit, and great wits will not long lie idle. You have too much mirth to have suspicion. As I will not do ladies so much wrong, to mistrust any, so I'll do myself the right to trust none. This suits not with your brother's purpose. Enter Lucio Balthazar. Welcome. Uh, are either of you inclined to marriage? How, marriage? It is a noose for ninnies. Do you think I will have it recheat, winded on my forehead, or hang my bugle in an invisible baldric? If I ever marry, let mine eyes be picked out with the pen of a ballad-maker and hang me up from the door of a brothel for the sign of blind Cupid. 
you see signor aeschylus my brother makes so many enemies to propagation that if the duke stay long he may chance find a dominion without subjects if he have any they will need no governor for they will all be old enough to govern themselves enter beatrice viola here comes the lady april whose fair face is always incident to some foul weather i wonder you will still be talking benedick nobody marks you i mean to drink opium before i come in your company that you may excuse my follies with saying i talk in my sleep where is lord angelo madam he is retired what to his prayers as executioners kneel down and ask pardon before they handle the axe hail and mingle and the storm begins heaven send the good duke here again do you not hear signor aeschylus of the mutiny in town no madam is there a mutiny all the midwives nurses and milkwomen are up in arms because the governor has made a law against lovers true the law is that none who have not been bound prentices to hymen shall set up in the trade of making children madam you will marry and have your freedom marry yes if you will fashion me a man of a middle constitution between lord angelo's carthusian gravity and his brother benedick the one is too like a state image and says nothing and the other too like a country lady's eldest son evermore talking nay do but persecute my brother and i am satisfied signor aeschylus is not my wardship out yes madam and this house where the governor lives mine own madam it is methinks my guardian is but a rude tenant how durst he with unmanly power force my cousin juliet from me lady it was the law that used that force the law is she not married by such vows as will stand firm in heaven that's the substantial part which carries the effect and must she then be punished for neglect of form must conscience be made good by compliment my brother will have men behave themselves to heaven as boys do to their pedants they must not say grace without making their legs i am glad benedict to hear you're sometimes in the right i am in the right lady only as often as you are in the wrong pray signor aeschylus desire my guardian to let the divines govern the civilians i would have my cousin's spiritual marriage stand good in conscience though tis bad in law she must not be locked up within thick walls and iron grates a woodbine arbour will prove strong enough to hold a lady when she is grown so weak as to be in love pray sister why is juliet in prison peace viola you are too young to know she played with a bearded baby mistress contrary to law alas poor juliet i'll sing no more to the governor till he lets her out sir the deputy drinks too much vinegar it makes his disposition sour pray madam tell him so no sir you statesmen manage your discourse amongst yourselves by signs i am not mute enough to understand your mysteries come viola i'll write to the duke exeunt beatrice viola this would make a rare wife were she not a woman you with the men and she with the maids will quickly forbid all banes if we do not bring ill poesies of wedding rings out of fashion let's not be numbered with the wits exeunt enter angelo and provost what is your business provost is it your will claudio shall die to-morrow did i not say he should had you not order why do you ask again lest i might be too rash under your good correction i have seen when after execution the wise judge has his rash doom repented 
do you your office, or else give it up, and you shall well be spared. I crave your excellency's pardon. What shall be done with the weeping Juliet? Dispose of her to some apartment in the prison, where Claudio may not see her. Enter servant. Here is a sister of the man condemned, desires access to you. Already is his sister come. She has the reputation, provost, of a virtuous maid. Ay, my good lord, a very virtuous maid, and to be shortly of a sisterhood. Let her be admitted. Exit, servant. Provost, take care that Juliet be removed at distance from her lover. Enter, Lucio, Isabella. Heaven still preserve your excellence. Stay here a while. You are welcome. What's your will? I am a woeful suitor to your excellence, if you in goodness will vouchsafe to hear me. What is your suit? There is a vice which most I do abhor, and most desire that it should meet rebuke, for which I would not plead, but that I must. Well, come to the matter. I have a brother is condemned to die. I would beseech you to condemn the fault, and not my brother. Heaven give thee moving graces. Is not each fault condemned ere it be done? I were the very cipher of authority if I should find the fault, whose fine stands in record, and yet forgive the actor. Oh, just, but yet severe law. I had a brother then. Heaven keep you, sir. Give it not over so. To him again. Kneel down before him. Ye are too cold. Must he needs die? Virgin, no remedy. Yes, I believe that you might pardon him, and neither heaven nor man would at the mercy grieve. I will not do it. You can, then, if you would. That which I should not do, I cannot do. But you may do it, sir, and do the world no hurt. I would your heart were touched with such remorse as mine is to him. He's sentenced. Tis too late. You are too tame. Too late? I who have spoke a word may call the meaning back. No ceremony, no ornament which to the great belongs, not the king's crown, nor the deputed sword, the marshal's truncheon, nor the judge's robe, become them with so beautiful a grace as mercy does. If he had been as you, and you as he, you might have erred like him, but he, like you, would not have been so stern. I pray be gone. Would heaven if you were Isabel, that I a while might have your power, to let you see how soon the sorrow of a sister's tears should cleanse the foulness of a brother's fault. That is the vein. Touch it boldly. Your brother is a forfeit of the law, and you but waste your words. Alas, alas! All souls were forfeit once, and he who might the vantage best have took found out the remedy. What would you do if he— who on the utmost top of heights on judges sits, should judge you as you are. Be you content, fair maid. It was the law, not I, condemned your brother. Were he my kinsman or my son, it should be with him thus. And he must die to-morrow. To-morrow? Oh, that sudden! Spare him! Spare him! He is not prepared. Even for our kitchens we the fowl of season kill. Shall we serve heaven with less respect than we would minister to our gross selves? My lord, in mercy speak, who is it that has died for this offence? Too many have committed it. Well said. The law has not been dead, though it has slept. Those many had not dared to act that crime if he, who first the edict did infringe, had answered for his deed. Tis now awake. 
takes note of what is done, and, prophet-like, looks in a glass, which shows what future ills might by remissness be in progress hatched. Yet show some pity. I show it most when I most justice show, for I commiserate then even those whom I shall never know, and whose offences, if they were forgiven, might afterwards destroy them, and also do him right, who, punished for one pleasing crime, lives not to act another. Be satisfied. Your brother dies to-morrow. So you, my lord, must the first that e'er the sentence gave, and he the first that suffers it? Tis excellent to have a giant's strength, but tyrannous to use it like a giant. Well said again. If men could thunder as great Jove does, Jove ne'er would quiet be, for every choleric petty officer would use his magazine in heaven for thunder. We nothing should but thunder here. Sweet heaven! Thou rather with thy stiff and sulphurous bolt dost split the knotty and obdurate oak than the soft myrtle. Oh, but man, proud man, dressed in little brief authority, most ignorant of what he thinks himself assured, does in his glassy essence like an angry ape play such fantastic tricks before high heaven as would make angels laugh if they were mortal and had spleens like us. To him he will relent, I feel him coming. Pray heaven she gain him. Why do you use this passion before me? Authority, though it does err like others, yet has a kind of medicine in itself which skins the top of every vice. Knock at your bosom, sir, and ask your heart if it contains no crime resembling my poor brother's fault, and then if it confess a natural guiltiness such as his is, let it not sound a sentence from your tongue against my brother's life. She speaks such sense as with my reason breeds such images as she has excellently formed. Farewell. Gentle, my lord, turn back. I will bethink me. Come again to-morrow. Hark, how I'll bribe you, good my lord. Turn back. How? Bribe me? I, with such gifts that heaven shall share with you. You had marred all else. With early prayers that shall be up at heaven and into there, before the morning's casement opens to the world. The prayers of fasting maids. Well, come to me to-morrow. Enough, away. All that is good be near your excellence. I thank you. At what hour shall I attend you? At any time ere noon. The angels still preserve you. Exeunt all but Angelo. From all but from thy virtue, maid. I love her virtue. But temptation, oh! Thou false and cunning guide! who in disguise of virtue's shape leads us through heaven to hell. No vicious beauty could with practised art subdue, like virgin innocence, my heart. Exit. Enter Duke in disguise of a friar and provost. Hail to you, provost. So I think you are. I am the provost. What's your will, good father? Bound by my charity and my blessed orders, I come to visit the afflicted minds in prison here. Do me the common right to let me see them, and to let me know the nature of their crimes, that I may minister accordingly to their relief. I would do more than that, if more were needful. Enter Julietta. Look, here comes one, who in the flames of youth has blistered her fair fame. She is with child, and he that got it sentenced. When must he die? As I believe, to-morrow, I'll go in and prepare him for your visit. In the meantime, bestow your counsel here. Exit, Provost. 
repent you fair one of the sin you carry i bear my punishment most patiently i'll teach you how you shall arraign your conscience and try your penitence i'll gladly learn loved you the man that wronged you yes as i loved the woman that wronged him so then it seems you mutually have sinned we mutually have sinned against the law and i repent for it but am as much afflicted at my ignorance not knowing twas a sin when i transgressed as at the sin itself if daughter you repent that sin because it brings you shame it is a common and an erring grief which looks more at ourselves than towards heaven not sparing heaven for love but fear as tis an evil i repent and grieve not for the shame because you think it is deserved there rest your partner as i hear must die to-morrow and i am going with instructions to him grace go with you exit must die to-morrow oh injurious love it respites me a life whose very best is still a dying horror exit enter claudio lucio balthazar claudio to tarry longer with you now were but to lose that time which we must husband for your benefit no care is wanting in your sister nor in us our lawyers make good merchandise of women the head of a man pays for a maiden head there is no rack so painful in this prison and that which stretches me between hope and doubt all i desire is certainty when i leave this wanton world to meet death i'll ride post to him on a hobby-horse and fence against his dart with a fool's bauble by all your loyal friendship balthazar let juliet be protected with your care and courage from injurious tongues i will deserve your trust pray serve her with a noble tenderness in all that her affliction shall require i need not such a strict command away let's leave him to his meditations remember claudio this wicked world does homage to rich fools and witty men want money enter provost a father desires to speak with you exeunt claudio provost methinks it is too late for claudio to expect a reprieve hope is so familiar an acquaintance that though she stays with us all day yet we are loath to part with her at night where is benedick gone to beatrice she just now sent for him we shall never outface the world with our invectives against marriage for i find sexes will meet though mountains and rough seas make a long space between them our design on benedick and beatrice must be pursued let's to the governor's and in a way i'll tell thee how we ought to manage it exeunt enter angelo my weighty office i can value now but as an idle plume worn in the wind enter servant the sister sir of claudio desires access show her the way into the gallery exit servant why does my blood thus flowing to my heart make it unable for itself whilst then it dispossesses other parts of that which they in lesser streams would useful make so deal officious throngs with him who swoons they come to help him and they stop the air by which he should revive and so the numerous subjects to a well-wished king quit their own home and in rude fondness to his presence crowd where their unwelcome love does an offence and an oppression prove exit end of act two